welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Thank you, big boys in the sky, Sunday morning here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast, getting you set for the week, week five in the books, Um, a a week that had a lot of storylines on coaching and coaches and the seats, they are hot. We will uh, will get to that, of course, along with uh, all of our takes, awards, and thoughts from uh, busy week five. Um, Barton, how are we doing? We are good. I've worked... So hard to stay up for Cal, Oregon last night to see if I could steal a cover, and uh, I couldn't do it, and I, and I woke up early this morning only to find that Oregon, even with a backup quarterback and backup running back, was able to cover. So, uh, you know, that was a, it was a tough end to the, to the day for me, but it was a fun one again. A um, few upsets, few coaches' seats getting hot. Um, we're in like we're already in like full on drama season right now in, in college football with all these coaches underachieving. Uh, it was a good week for the syndicate. Was it good? I went two and two, so I'm, I I couldn't remember what you guys had. So I'm I'm glad that the syndicate uh, had a good collective week. The uh, Tom went two and one. I went three and one. Good. All right. So we're so we're back. Back in the black after one week. New Mexico State right. showed up. Couldn't get that cover, though. They, I thought they did cover. They covered if you got it at 18 and a half, and I got it locked in at 17. Uh, oh, I thought you – that's right. That's right. You had New Mexico State. I was thinking you had Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was a that was a gutsy pick. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and you know what you got that's and that's that's the game you play you know i yeah, get man. absolutely um all right before we get into i do want to get into this uh this coach drama because certainly that ties into uh georgia and tennessee the sec on cbs game of the week um let's let's open up with looking at the top because as clemson made work of virginia tech um oklahoma was off alabama absolutely stomped i mean that we both had the uh the over 59 and i did not think necessarily i thought it was possible given Ole Miss's defense i did not think that alabama was going to cover that over uh by itself i thought that yeah. shea patterson would have some hand in that um yeah where like as as you when we revisited the who's number one discussion you had oklahoma as your top team as we're going to fill out the the ballots for the cbs 130 uh, this afternoon, is Oklahoma still your top team? Oh no, no way! And and I when we did that, that was a couple of weeks ago, and it was really less about it was less about who I think is the number one team, and more about we had enough body of work to where people should earn their rankings, and 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 you could put clear. You know. Oh yeah, like I'm not attacking order. it. I just I no, like. No, I, yeah, I, I know. I'm just. I, I want to explain that right. because. So and and I guess I say that because now we've got more of a body of work to where you can just you can just eyeball test these teams and and there's a there's such a clear difference between Alabama, Clemson, and everybody else. And um, you know we're starting to learn that some losses and wins are not as bad or as good as we once thought. Um, but no, it's it's. I don't care whether you put Alabama or Clemson one; it's some order of the two, and um, you know, beyond that is where things are up for debate. But there is, golly, there is no debate in those two. Alabama, Alabama, right now. I mean, I know that Ole Miss and Vandy are not the best, but those were two of the most impressive stompings I've seen in SEC play in a long, long time. Nick Saban, right now, he, he's like. Uh, He's like John Wick or somebody. Just sort of. He's got a he's got a list of names right now. He's got some grudges he's trying to settle, uh, and he did it with that with Vanderbilt after they were talking a little bit of junk or at least acting like they could dethrone Bama. And then last week, you know, basically paying Ole Miss back for those upset wins over the past few years. Just they just keep that they 
they look totally on a mission. They keep getting better. This is this is scary for the rest of the SEC right now. I think that Clemson looks like Alabama right now, and it Agreed. not and and not uh, necessarily like you know all the specifics or the technicalities, but just if I if I could step out of the X's and O's and out of being like way out of being um, you know breaking down every single depth chart name by name, you know I'm I'm looking at a, a pretty good playmaking quarterback who can burn a defense with his legs. I'm looking at a stable of running backs where any one of them could uh, hit a hole or break free and and get off for a a 40-yard touchdown and a defense that just absolutely carries the team. It's fascinating. Yeah, I think, again, I don't know who's better. Uh, We'll find out in the national championship. Yeah, hopefully we get get to see it again. I mean, it's only five weeks into the season. Oh, man. But I think, think, you know, going back to my sort of what's what have you earned point, I I think you got to at least I, I have put Clemson number one in our in our rankings that we turn into CBS because what they got three top fifteen wins I mean that's that's pretty pretty remarkable um, and none of them ever looked like there was any real doubt so I think resume right now is Clemson and and Alabama will will bulk theirs up along the way I guess I don't know the SEC in in, in providing a whole lot of high-powered competition right now but uh but no i think it's those two and then you know i don't know like if 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 we're to reset our top four i actually circle back now and i know like we made some or or we had a discussion after week one would you make any snap changes to your top four and i and i made two different changes i kept alabama clemson i think i switched up my pac-12 and my big 10 champ um I, I may get back. I had, I had Clemson, Alabama, Washington, and Ohio State. That may end up being okay, actually, at the end of the day, because Big 12 still looks like there's going to be some some cannibalization. Uh, USC looks like they're, they're going to have a hard time winning the, the Pac-12. And then it's all about, you know, that Ohio State. I mean, Penn, Penn State right now looks like the best team in the Big 10, but – you never know once you get. I mean, Ohio State's getting a rhythm right now, and they're they're beating up on some bad opponents, and and they're starting to get in a ro- on a roll a little bit, like we've seen before with them. So that that's going to be an interesting conference to watch, uh, particularly in that Eastern Division. I would need to make a very very fast adjustment to remove Florida State, the no longer winless Florida State Seminoles, but. Uh, I would take out Florida State for Clemson. That's the first obvious switch. I'm gonna leave Oklahoma in mine. Yeah, but that yeah, you can ride that out for sure. But man, Ohio State—that's the tricky one that I can't figure out. And you know what? It might be Ohio State's defense that ends up uh, being the like the group that carries that team at least to the playoff. Now we we can get back into you know. The offense has been able to get in rhythm and heat up against some bad teams. Your boy Joe Burrow got a little bit of burn in uh, the blowout win against Rutgers. So you got two Dwayne, weeks in a row. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins has been getting in there. So the the multiple quarterback scenario is definitely on the table for Ohio State. But you know whether it's Tyquan Lewis, Sam Hubbard, um, Nick Bosa, the defensive line has just been playing a huge role in just squeezing the life out of lesser opponents. Uh, as you're looking at Ohio State against Penn State, that game, of course, in Columbus, what's your early pick in that game? I think because it's in Columbus, I, I still would lean Ohio State there only because, it, I mean, it's – I think Penn State, as good and as impressive as they've been and as as highlight-worthy as they've been, they're still – I mean, they're not perfect yet by any stretch. Um, you know, even this game against Indiana, like they had a – and this counts. I mean, but they had a they had a kick return touchdown. They had a, you know, a fumble, scoop and score touchdown. They had like a – just a, a bunch of plays like that that really helped this turn into a blowout. I think, you know, this was another game where the, the actual – you know, uh, Indiana was right there with them for total yards, like yeah, first downs. Yeah, they, there's like, been a lot of those for Penn State. Like they got outgained by Pitts. They got, you know, there's, 
Um, Iowa, they actually outgained Iowa by a lot, but but had to, but it took a last second, you know, last play to, to win it. So I think Penn Penn State, as as exciting and good as they are, and as as much they've blown people out, they're they're by no stretch some sort of lock to get out of the Big Ten. I think it's going to be, uh, it's just all about that game, and it's all about getting past Michigan too, who's going to be really good. So I I think right now, as we circle back to it. I think I'd be okay sticking with my four. I'd be okay sticking with Ohio State, um, though. Though your Oklahoma squad is is the one that's. I mean, they'll get in if they can if they can just get out of the Big Twelve alive. With like, which is alive would be win that Big Twelve championship game, probably most importantly, and have no more than one loss. Yeah, and if and it's a, because if they win the Big Twelve with only one, maybe like a, a close loss to who Oklahoma State. Um, I mean, shoot, I would not Texas, put it. Yeah, I wouldn't you know, pass Texas for sure. So let's say let's say they have a close loss to Texas, and and they and they still win the Big Twelve. And let's say a very realistic scenario is Ohio State wins the Big Ten. Well, then Oklahoma's going in because they got the head to head over Ohio State in in Columbus. Uh, who cares about a close loss in conference? So yeah, I think Oklahoma's in in a, in a really nice position right now to to take one over over the big 10 and then you know who who's who you getting out of the pac 12 so um yeah it's, it's i think i think the sooners are in good shape all right uh let's let's jump right into some of the action they're in the pac 12 um usc friday night in pullman there was as the the news of the injuries continued to come down um you've 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 got you've had all the name all the pronunciations down as the um, as, as the like news was coming out, I just heard Barton's voice giving me all the pronunciations of these offensive linemen <laughs> in my head. Oh yeah. Talmanaoa. Toa Lobendon. Toa Lobendon. <laughs> um, and then. Chuba Idoka. All right. So this was, a, there was a little bit of consternation because we were thinking if this pick is like too exciting, you know, like it just seems too perfect. Yeah. The game came and went. And uh, I've got, I would say that I probably came out of it with more Washington State thoughts than USC thoughts. Interesting. Yeah. What you got? What, what, so in, in other words, in other words, I, I was think lo- Washington State is, is legit. Is, yeah. More good than USC is bad. Right. I think the USC's got a lot of problems, but I think USC is the, like, um, I think the, the, the turnovers, I think the depth issues, the injury, like, USC is not necess- is not as bad, but they were not able to be as competitive because of the depth and injury issues against what is a feisty, hard-hitting Washington State defense that has improved over the last three years under defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. Like Luke Falk, we know what like we obviously know what Luke Falk is and what he can be. But with Washington State suddenly now in a position to have that win against USC, I look against the rest of that schedule, and I I think why not? Like there might be one more loss, but even with one loss, having gotten past the Trojans, Washington State's in a position to make the Apple Cup a game for the Pac-12 North, which means they're a Pac-12 championship contender. Yeah, this was uh, you know this was my, this is Mike Leach's best team. This is his most talented team. He's I mean, he is one of the best coaches in college football. You may think he's a weirdo. You may not like the spread offense. But you cannot argue that this guy isn't in the absolute top tier of college football coaches, uh, you know, assuming we're going one tier below, like, Nick Saban. Um, so uh, this is this, – this all worked out. I mean, I think this, this, uh, this all came together for an opportunity for them. And – I, I still think that Washington State is the type of team that could could go and lose to Oregon next week. Could go and and I mean they're gonna. It's, it's one of those teams that every team every game remaining is a losable game for them. But I think that they got a lot of confidence out of that. Um, to me, this was a this game was uh, the athletic director lost this one for USC. I mean they just they just overscheduled. They were just this. I mean, you look at their non-conference schedule, and a Pac-12 is the conference that really there are no total gimmies except for Oregon State. 
So you get one gimme a year, and and then the rest of the year you, you gotta you gotta get one. You got no bye weeks, and you have to get at least one breather. And they're going Western Michigan, which is a really good MAC team. They got Notre Dame out of conference, um, and then they went Texas, and they just were too beat up. They just were too beat up, and they just didn't have the bodies on the offensive line. And back to back roadies too. Let's let's yeah. let's, let's start uh, at Cal at Washington State. You know, this is the type of squad I think that if they like, people are going to write them off now, and USC can still if they can get healthy, and that's that's is an if worth like noting. I mean, they, they, they maybe they don't ever get healthy, but if they can get healthy and get get strong again. I mean, if they get out, figure this thing out. I mean, they do have a, a kind of a breather next week with Oregon State. But if they can beat Utah and Notre Dame, and they can, they should beat the the, the bottom up half of their schedule: Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, UCLA. They, those should be winnable. All of a sudden, then they are still a team that wins the South, and and they're in the Pac-12 championship game with a chance to 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 go to the playoffs again. So there's still everything left on the table for for. USC too. They just got to figure out a way to get healthy. I think that this could be a four and three USC team pretty soon. I could see it. I I, could, I think Oregon State's a win. I think Notre Dame's Notre Dame. I, Notre Dame's going to beat them. I think uh, Notre Dame is going to run the ball right at USC. Yeah, yeah. all day. Uh, and Utah's going to be interesting. You know, USC should win that game. That game's going to be at home. Um, the, a Utah team that has really been flying below the radar. They're undefeated. We know it's a Kyle Whittingham team. I feel like uh, my my place with Utah is like, uh, yeah, they probably should win nine of their 12 games. Not sure where all those nine wins are going to come, but you know, I assume that uh, that one's going to be an absolute dogfight, a physical game that USC needs to be healthy and ready for. I'm uh, I, You're right. USC can still win the Pac-12 South. I don't think USC can make the college football playoff. And that is including projections. Not saying they can't, but that is including projections that things have already started to spin uh, too far for them not to for them to be able to win the Pac-12 uh, and to do so with only one or two losses. Yeah, they haven't looked necessarily like they deserve to be in the playoffs to date. So if they if a one loss USC wins the Pac-12, I don't think they get in over maybe a one loss Oklahoma or whoever comes out of the Big Ten. Or obviously close to Bama, so yeah, I, I, you're right. I agree with you. I think they've got an, uh, an uphill battle, even if they went out. How about your Washington Huskies? Um, they've they Miles Gaskin after a slow start, he's heated up these last two games. They look great running the football uh, two weeks ago. Who did they play two weeks ago? I can't. Two uh, weeks ago was the Colorado game. That was like yeah, the yeah, big yeah. test. It was kind of rainy. Yeah, and and they. I, I mean, they were getting the ball to Gaskin. They were getting the ball to, I guess, McClatcher and, and all these, you know, several guys were touching it on the perimeter. Um, and I was into it, man. I was feeling it. And then, you know, this week, I just, you know, Oregon State, how do you even measure them against them? But this is, this is again, this is why I picked Washington to begin with. They're, they're the opposite of USC. They've got a bunch of just easy non-conference games. And then they're able to work themselves into this rhythm, into this lather, heading into the meat of their schedule. They haven't played anybody yet. Rutgers, Montana, Fresno State, Colorado, Oregon State, they they, they got to try to lose those games. And now all of a sudden, as you get into the Colorado and Oregon State game, now they've figured some things out. They've got their run game cooking. Jake Browning, they figured out how to hide his arm. And <laughs> they've got to go. And now they're going to Cal, another game they should win. Right. Arizona State, a little bit better. UCLA, a little bit better. And now you're hitting Oregon, Stanford, Utah, Washington State, and you are and you know who you are and what your strengths, your weaknesses are. It's just like they're, they're sort of a, a testament to, 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 you know, scheduling cupcakes because if you just beat them all and you're in a power five, Hey, hard to keep you out. So this one is is you know, if 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 Washington's or if USC's loss is, is on the A D, Washington's run right now is on their A D. Um speaking of athletic director, there's a new one at Tennessee. Huh. <laughs> John Curry 
came over from Kansas State. Hot, well-renowned, you know, like guy gets a gets a lot of the. I'm not plugged in at the, uh, you know, the athletic director insider level. I feel like I'm a little bit too young for that, and I'm okay. Maybe that day will come. I feel like those people need to be your peers, right? Yeah, I'm not. A, I don't have a bunch of AD phone numbers myself. Yeah, so. I mean that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> You know, maybe one day I'm in the 19th hole with those guys, but it ain't it ain't right now. Um, but you know, he a lot of the people who are plugged in, he seems to check boxes. They were encouraged. The hire was uh, praised, and people think that uh, this is an athletic director who can uh, help the Tennessee athletic department. Boy, he's got something on his hands right now. Georgia 41. Tennessee zero. Was this one of the worst losses of the Butch Jones tenure at Tennessee? Uh, what 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 is worse? Is there is there another one? Is there another one that could touch this? I, surely not. If you got two of these, if you got another one in there somewhere, Butch, you're lucky to be here right now, man. This, this is year five, <laughs> Chip. This is year five. The 41-0 loss is supposed to come year one, maybe year two. This is year five. There are no excuses. I don't care if you're breaking in a new quarterback. I don't care if you're a little beat up. This is an SEC East division rival at home. You're in year five. You got smoked. And you just got absolutely <laughs> curb stomped. Uh, yeah, bad day for Butch. I don't. I there's. I don't know how. There's no way he can. He can. Does Does he make it this. through the bye week? Yeah, I think he's. I, I think he gets through the season. I think he. I think he makes it to the end of the year. You can't do this before the bye happens. week. I don't know, man. You know how? Well, what? All right. So why is that? That like? I mean, I understand the logistics of it, but because so many coaches have been fired going into the bye week with the administration stance that the bye week gives us time to you know get the interim promoted and calm everything down and point the ship in the new direction now it's like the coach on the hot seat has a horrible loss before the bye week everyone's antenna just perks up a little i think the like butch actually is not a among like the boosters and big money people they don't dislike butch i think that they wanted him to be successful or they want him present tense to be successful and he's so they he was and is getting every opportunity this year but losses like 41 nothing really forced their hands and if you look at what they're gonna have in front of them this year let's see i mean i'm I'm trying to think if there's any other opportunities like south carolina win or lose that's gonna be south carolina kentucky Southern Miss and Missouri are all sort of as long as those games are close and and Tennessee wins three of the four I, I think that that's that's not alarm bells type stuff but you know if you I think by the end of the year you got to beat LSU and you got to be Vanderbilt and um, and I'm not even like I don't know I don't know where I'm going with this I just I guess maybe he is just—he's just—he's a dead man walking right now. Yeah, I, and I'm trying to—I'm trying to figure out like whether whether he could sa- salvage this. I'm, I'm working through the schedule, saying can he get to the end of the year and put the administration in a tough position where they want to fire him, but he's earned his way back into the job. And I guess he could do that just with lackluster wins the rest of the way. I don't see any sort of scenario where they just take off and start just rolling people. They just look so far away from that. I mean, they could beat everybody but Bama left on the schedule. They could, and is nine and three heading into bowl <laughs> season with a with wins over bad Vanderbilt, LSU, Missouri teams. Like, is that enough? Hadn't been enough in the past. I mean, if they, I guess they could get to ten and three. There's improvement. We, but um, well, we missed out on the SEC East, but we were the life champions. Nine wins again, the most successful run of Tennessee football. In the last 30 years. If the fake news media would just <laughs> stop being so <laughs> <The> negative. negative. <laughs> God, man. Just, just, 
you know, that, and that's the worst part about it is he just he's just not endearing himself to anybody right now. No. And and when when I looked at the Tennessee message board after that game, it wasn't even it was much less um, emotional than I expected it. It was sort of just it was people didn't even really care. It was just like you well, know apathy what? is worse. Yeah, apathy is, and when you when it's when people are apathetic, then that's that's when you're really in trouble. Um, so I don't know, man. This is this is the only thing uglier than this right now is what's going on at LSU. Um, before we get to that, oh, real quick, hello Georgia. This team, I, I, I don't want uh, the Butch is the headline, but I, I wonder if do you think a Georgia fan is almost like more anxious now knowing the way it's setting up after like so many years of heartbreak, so many years of having star teams to get excited about and then just having those those weird or those bad losses along the way because this team is awesome this team is really good this 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 is a really good football team this defense is is just sick i mean this defense is i think i said it last week but i mean this is i think there are defenses in college football that are just different than everybody else and alabama is absolutely one of them I think Auburn is one of them, Michigan is one of them, and Georgia is one of them. That might be about it. I think even even Ohio State has not looked like these defenses. Would you put Clemson on there? Clemson, yeah, that's the other yeah. one I missed. Clemson, absolutely. Um, and if you got a defense that's, that's that is that is that good, there's no game you can't win. There's no game you're not in a you don't have a chance at winning. And that's how good this defense is. Roquan Smith may be my favorite. He was everywhere. In a decade. He was everywhere. <laughs> Every game he's like that. That he that dude is is he's a jungle cat. His closing speed's incredible. Unbelievable. I, I, and and he's got some big old boys in front of him that that keep bodies off him. And they're and their secondary, which was sort of the unproven part of the equation, is sure. is really playing well. Um, and they've got a great identity on offense. And there's just so much to like about this Georgia team. It's a fun t- if you're a, if you're a Georgia fan right now, man, enjoy it because this is a fun team to watch and root for. And and all of a sudden now with Jacob Easton coming in late in the game, hey, like there's not even there's not even a quarterback controversy. They just made it very clear like Jacob Easton's the backup. You can get the mop up duty. Oh, you think that that wasn't just to get warmed up? That's one of the things that Gary was talking about on the broadcast. Is he was like, I I don't know what he's saying because like. The camera caught Kirby uh, giving Eason like a little pep talk, and Gary was wondering aloud. It was either, "Hey, um, you know, you're the number two, or "Hey, let's go and get you these warm up reps, um, just to, so that you can get these live game experiences and get back in the rhythm." Sort of I don't suggesting. Know. What I, I mean, I think they'd be crazy to go to him. I mean, they've got. They have got nothing but rhythm right now. I mean, they are in a groove. They're, they, you know, they are stroking the three pointer right now. They're, they're, you know, in a zone. Baskets, baskets a hula hoop, and, you know, then you're gonna, you know, throw in a new starting five. Like I don't know. Like it's a. What do you think? Like I, I. I I think the only way they can screw this up is if they go to Easton, and not because I don't. I think Easton's a really good player, but but Jake Fromm is is he's got this team rolling. Yeah, Jake Fromm's got this team rolling. But if the if if the if the coaching staff believes that they can put Easton in and even add another dimension to the offense, there are going to be opportunities to test it out. You're playing at Vanderbilt and home against Missouri before the cocktail party game against Florida. I think see, we this, see more. I think we see more of uh, a quarterback rotation, and it maybe plays out in real time before our eyes. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch. It's going to be fascinating to watch. And my theory is, if this team wasn't as, if, if they were not this good on defense, then sure you go with Easton because you need a playmaker. You need somebody that can generate points. But they are so good defensively that. You, you really almost need a guy that just is going to sort of take care of the football. And I know, I mean, Fromm's made some mistakes. He's turned the ball over here and there. But in, in a way, Fromm is 
is in, even though he's the true freshman, like in a lot of ways, to me, he is the safer quarterback under center. Um, and so I, it'll be interesting to see whether Kirby Smart feels like they need Easton's arm to uh, for the for the stretch that will include at Auburn, at Georgia Tech, which is no layup. And and I guess a Florida team that's still winning the games. So, <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's that's gonna be one of the more intriguing storylines of college football to me. Um, let's keep it in the SEC real quick. LSU just paid a bunch of money for Troy to come and beat them on homecoming. This is not good. I want to see what the uh, <clears throat> what the attendance was in that game again. Dude. Had to be had to be ugly again, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean the the screenshots in the second half of that game were horrendous. I mean the uh, crowd, crowd shots. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. You know, it, it's the the thing about this LSU team is, I guess the thing about this LSU team is they're they're bad. Like they're a bad team. They're not. This isn't a they how uh, they this they can't get they can't find an identity on offense or, oh, they can't stop turning the ball. They're just not very good, which is shocking. Is it talent? But from- like the on-paper talent composite, LSU should be good. But So this is a bad team as in like they are not being – uh, the they are not being the the tougher, more physical team in the line of scrimmage. They are not executing well. They are step slow, not because they're slow, but because they're out of position. Like that is that what you're seeing? I think this is a team that's not physical. They're not. They're, they're playing a lot of young guys. They're not. They have no depth or experience on the defensive line or the offensive line. So in some ways, like I, they've had a lot of attrition on the offensive line, which I think really hurts them. So they have, despite recruiting well up there, they've lost a bunch of those guys for for varying reasons. Um, defensively, I, I I wonder if they've not re- if they've still recruited talent. I just wonder if they've not recruited the right distribution. Like where are the big where are the big nasties inside? That are going to give you a push. Where are the, where are the, um, you know, just I mean every 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 year LSU's got one of these just freak three techs, and they don't really have that type of guy. Uh, a lot of rangy awesome. outside linebackers, though. Look at all yeah, these the, arms and legs that were flying exactly. around on the perimeter. Exactly, and those guys aren't really those guys aren't packing a punch. And I think Arden Key is is he's a non-factor right now. They're relying on it. Like early in the year, they were talking about how they played like 21 freshmen or something crazy like that, and it's like, yeah, that's all well and good, but man, LSU, you shouldn't have to play 21 freshmen at LSU. Um, so I don't know. I, I I would I need to do like a diagnosis uh, or a autopsy or something. A deep dive <laughs> They're not this, dead yet. It's just a diagnosis. What this, what this Dr. roster Simmons. is like? How did they get to this point? I don't know. Um, but they just don't look right, and I also think this is, you know. Dave Aranda is a is a brilliant football mind, but he's not really a motivator, and he's not really a um, you know he's he's sort of a he's sort of a mad scientist type of guy, and they've got to find an edge on the defense, and you would think Ed Orgeron can can provide that, but I think he's 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 figuring like I don't think he's figured out how to. He wants to be something he's not right now as a head coach. He wants to be this CEO type of guy, and he just needs to get back to ripping his shirt off and, and motivating because these guys need to be motivated. Do you think that they're going to show up against Florida next week? I mean, that's a bad Florida team. I mean, this uh, I, I just think it's like such a such uh, if it if LSU doesn't like respond really really well uh, for the Florida game. Then I don't know how many fans are even going to show up for Auburn. The Auburn is going to crush these guys. Um, yeah, and, I don't and know. Then like, look at, and then it gets bad. Like then it starts like spinning to the point where the Alabama game, which you know we expect and are used to be in this awesome primetime matchup. It's like I mean, how how excited are you to uh, to watch Tua Tagovailoa under the lights? Right now, it looks like. It looks like LSU would be fortunate to get to seven and five. 
So does LSU freak out and do something and like get rid of Ed Ogeron? I mean, the buyout I saw today, the buyout is it's like prorated. So every week of the season, the buyout decreases a little bit. (laughs) So I don't know, man. Well, I think Joe Oliva, this is one of those, you know, I wonder if this is, this is the last, if Joe Oliva, the, the LSU AD is more on the hot seat than, than Ed O because this is his hire, you know, and you, like uh, he didn't if he, win. If he, if didn't he fires win. him, if he fires him, then then what? What does that say? Yeah, like, yeah. you're the one to hire this guy. You you gonna fire him in one year? And yet, if but Joe Oliva has given plenty of opportunity for his job to be, you know, on the chopping block. So I, I wonder if 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 this thing keeps going south, if Oliva's the one that gets cut, and then it's just a matter of time for Ogeron. The uh, yeah, he didn't win public favor with the way he handled the last two years of the Les Miles tenure? No. No. <laughs> Just a whole lot of losses. Um, well, if you're in the Baton Rouge area and all of a sudden some tickets are available to go see LSU play against one of these, hey, listen, it's an incredible experience. you got to go do it at least once. And given the current state of the Tigers, you might be able to find some tickets to these LSU football games on SeatGeek. See, when you've got the SeatGeek app on your phone, uh, it is the easiest way to shop for tickets. It's just a few taps, and you can find seats. And when you've got SeatGeek, it helps you because it gives you a grade based on value so that you can immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And listeners of the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast can download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code 24-7 today. What does that do? That gets you 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. I mean, you might be able to find these LSU tickets for like 27 bucks. All of a sudden, $20 off thanks to 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast, and you are in there for just 7 bucks. That's math. The promo code, again, 247 for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And every purchase is fully guaranteed so that you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. It's not just for sports. Also for concerts, comedy, theater, anything you get tickets to. And $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase by downloading the SeatGeek app and enter promo code 24-7 today. The beginning of the season has moments where games and results sometimes, I think, can cloud our thinking. When Mississippi State beat LSU, given everything we've learned about LSU and now seen from Mississippi State, does that result look different to you now? Oh, absolutely. Mississippi State looks a lot different to me now. And uh, and I don't think, I'm not giving up on Mississippi State because they just they lost to the second and third best teams in the SEC in some order uh, over the last two weeks. But given the way they beat LSU, that may not be the last time LSU loses like that. And uh, Mississippi State now just looks like another Arkansas, A&M, Florida type of team. Um, And so, yeah, that changes a lot. And I think I I wish I figured that out before last week and I hadn't picked Mississippi State to cover the spread. Um, But... Yeah, that 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 win looks very different now, obviously, than it did at the time. Um, and I think the other one, Chip, that for me really my my per, my perspective has been really altered is that Notre Dame lost to Georgia. I, at the time, I thought that might have been a couple eight and four teams scrapping it out. I mean, they look good. They you know maybe two nine and three teams, but now all of a sudden, I think I've said this before we started recording that that looks like two top 10 teams right that just had a just a heck of a battle um so that is i think that notre dame's got to get a lot of confidence based on the way george is playing since that game and certainly the way they're playing has supervised some confidence too notre dame looks like the real deal and and that you know they could they could win out do you think notre dame's gonna win out I think they could. Oh, I don't know yeah. if they're going to, but I think like I, I think right now I, I feel like Notre Dame would would beat USC. Um, 
you know, who else have they got on their schedule? Oh, Notre, Notre Dame's about to hit the ACC guarantee schedule. You know, you never know what's lurking around the corner when you got to play the likes of uh, NC State and North Carolina. So they got North Carolina next, and then they got a bye week before USC. I, I, right now, I would say they would beat USC. We'll see how USC looks by then if they've if they've healed up. Then you got a really, I mean, that's a this there's a rough stretch coming up. I mean, they got North Carolina State who looks good. Wake looks solid at Miami. They talk about an impressive performance by Miami this weekend uh, with the, what they did against Duke. And then they got Stanford at the end of the year. So, I mean, th- don't get me wrong. That Those are all tough games. But I think Notre Dame right now, to me, my hunch is that they are the be- they're a better team than all those teams. Um, and, you know, we'll see if they can prove it. We'll see. I – I tend to think that this Notre Dame team's probably got another loss in it. But I think they probably do. But they're uh, they're. I mean, as long as they're running the ball really well, Brandon Wimbush, as long as he takes care of it, it's it's a really good team, you know. And it was uh, and again the the fact that that offensive line that we were just so startled that it got blown up by Georgia, it has proceeded to just maul down and pave the way for the Irish ground game against everybody else, which only speaks higher for Georgia. Yeah, and, you know, Michigan State went and handled Iowa, so that win looks looks pretty good. I mean, look, they haven't played anybody yet other than Georgia. So this is this is where it gets serious October 21st. So this is sort of like they're, they're still kind of in the preseason schedule right now. What do you – uh, What do, you mentioned Miami. How – as we, we – Michigan – not Michigan – Virginia Tech is coming off of the the loss to Clemson. What we saw was basically that you know no matter how mu- how many different ways the Fuente tried to scheme it up, um, it was just really really hard to for Josh Jackson to be able to convert when Clemson's able to get you in third and seven, third and eight, just any third and long situation, just too much, too much just overall speed across that entire defensive front, and they're doing a uh, they're doing a great job. Uh, they're doing a great job of flying to the ball. Um, Miami, Virginia Tech, and you know what? I'm going to throw Georgia Tech in there too. Sure. How, how do you see that ACC Coastal Division shaking out? I mean, Malik Rozier looked really good against Duke. I think that's if, – if, if Malik Rozier can be that guy against the, that he was against Duke, I don't know, man. Miami, th- there could be a problem for some teams. Um, because that was that was my big question. I, I didn't think that they had enough at quarterback to to make a run at this thing. And if they do, and he looked pretty sharp. I mean, he was like I think he was like ten of thirteen for 180 yards and a touchdown in the first half. And he was running for first downs too. I mean, Amon Richards is one of the best receivers in the college football. Mark Walton's a really good running back. They got some youth at the offensive line, but uh, and their defense is 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 good. So all of a sudden, Miami is is to me is real, um, and so and Georgia Tech can beat anybody. Um, I think Miami Virginia Tech is going to be a heck of a battle. You know, I don't know. That's that's no that's not much of a sort of hot take, but that to me, like Miami is back in the conversation. Not that they ever should have left, but they're back in the conversation to win the coastal. No one's beating Clemson, but. Miami could absolutely get this thing done given the way Malik Rozier is playing at quarterback. I'm on Richards a sophomore, I think, right? Yep, true sophomore. Yep. He's just another part of that class of uh, dudes that just came in Mark Rick's first year, and he was yep. banged up for a minute. This was his first game back fully healthy uh, in the lineup, and Duke just had absolutely no answer for him. Um, I, you know what I'm nervous about with Miami? I think I wonder if they get caught. Have I have I thrown this at you before? That I'm I'm nervous about Miami in and goal and short yardage situations. No, I feel like they're not a great power run team. I mean that's fair. I mean I I I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. Um, like I see, I see that they're I think they're uh, they're like first and goal offense is just throwing fades to Amon Richards, which might work. Yeah, but. <clears throat> They don't, yeah. they don't they're like they don't have right now a lot of size depth or experience at like your your tight end and your fullback. And you know what? Maybe that's on me for not being creative enough and just assuming that uh, a Mark Richt Thomas Brown run offense needs to look like an old Georgia offense. You know, like maybe I need to open up my mind. 
But um, I I think that's my only – and that's, of course, nitpicking a team that I still think is a top 15 team, ACC championship contender. But if they get caught in one of these tight games, it's like third and goal or second and goal, I'm going to just be watching. It'll be a lot on Amon Richards to get up there and high point the ball. Well, we're going to find out real quick. I mean, they're playing Florida State this week, right? Yep. And so – and that's in Tallahassee. Florida State got a heck of a wake-up call this week. Um, not that it should have been sleepwalking through it anyway. Was that a like, pun? Uh, that, was that a Demon Deacons <laughs> pun? That 11 a.m. spot against Wake Forest has bit them before. So uh, that was that was a, a pretty intriguing game. I mean, Wake Forest just flat out looked like a better team at times. I mean, they looked that Wake Forest looked. There was no fear in that Wake Forest team face of Florida State. And to me, there's a little. That's a little bit of a problem. Like Florida State's losing the fear factor. No one's no one's shying away from Miami's going to go into Tallahassee expecting to win that football game. Is Miami going to be favored? You think? I think so. I think they will be. Yeah, yeah. I mm. bet they are. Mm. Um. So I don't know, man. Florida State is the you know the defense is. I mean it, the. Like you don't put Florida State's defense with those other teams I talked about. They're, they're not on the Clemson, Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Auburn level. Um, and when you got a true freshman quarterback in there, um, you know it's just not. There's not as much continuity on offense. I, I still think they ha- Florida State has got to get Cam Akers rolling in the run game. He's their best player on offense right now. Get him the ball. Feed him. That was a sensual, emotional plea <laughs> from Barton Simmons to the Florida State coaching staff. I want to see him, man. That guy's fun to watch. Every time he touches it, it's fun. Just give me some, give me, give me joy. Jacquez Patrick, I think, has uh, earned. Like they, they would much rather have Jacquez Patrick run into the butt of the offensive line and fall forward for four yards. I'm afraid. Yeah, he lumb- he, he rumbles and bumbles for, <laughs> yeah. for some, some big runs here and there too. But man, it's just. It's, doesn't quite have the juice of Cam Akers, but uh, we'll get there. I mean, I Wake Forest has a good defense. Uh, we talked about even losing Mike Elko. Uh, they have maintained their aggressiveness. You know, they've they've been putting NFL players in from the secondary. They're uh, they got they got some dudes that'll that'll step up, uh, do a good job of making a play on the ball. James Blackman, what's your grade? Uh, Again, a player that I feel like you've got you've gotten more James Blackman knowledge than most of the college football uh, public who has only seen um, the lost NC State and now the close win to, against Wake Forest. Where do you think he is? Um, you know, the last last touchdown play, the th- the touchdown toss was beautiful. You know, roll out, just throw it right on the money. That was awesome. The game as a whole, I was a little bit less than impressed. What say you? I mean, hey, this kid's a 169-pound true freshman in his second start. In my opinion, he's he's almost ahead of schedule. Like, you just, I just don't know how much Florida State could really have, have expected out of him right out of the gates like that. Uh, and so I'm okay with where he's at because he is such an upside kid. He was really raw coming in. He needed some he needed some seasoning. This is less than ideal having him play right now. So I, I think. I think you're in a good spot with him. I think he's going to continue to develop and improve. And and honestly, I think it's it's more about just protecting him. That offensive line has to continue to get better to give him a chance uh, to win some big games. And this is going to be, you know, this weekend's the test. At, at Wake, remember, they, their D coordinator is Jay Savell, who was at Minnesota last year and kind of got screwed over with that whole Tracy Clay situation. Really good D coordinator, heck of a replacement for Elko, and and that's a I think that's a whether that's a good team, whether that's a good offense, I don't know, but I, my suspicion is that's a really good defense that's gonna that's not gonna give up many points to anybody all year long, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't you know only scoring twenty six points against that that quality of a defense I, I wouldn't let that uh, get under your uh, under your saddle too much if you're a Florida State fan. I think that uh, for Florida State, do you think do you see 
the Miami game being like, I think that Miami will bring out the best effort that we're going to see from Florida state all year with the exception, like this game. And then I don't know what happens in death Valley. Of course you would hope that by then, uh, James Blackman's even a little bit better, but playing at home against Miami, you've already got two losses. The national championship contender dreams are thoroughly wiped away. I, I'm almost tempted to side with the Seminoles here. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, in an oh, ugly man. one, God, dude. That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, in an ugly one. Give me like twenty-six yeah. to twenty-two or something yeah. weird. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do some serious meditation and uh, and and sleeping on that one. That one is that one is that one's interesting. Um, is, is there Super Bowl? I mean, I hate that term. Never mind. I I'm, I'm gonna find myself. <laughs> I hate that term. Immediately, uh, I'm gonna find myself. I'll put in some uh, some dollar sign audio effects after this. I'll put in extra extra music drops and uh, twenty dollar fine from Chip. But this is seriously got to be the biggest game, biggest home game that Florida State's got left. Yeah, I mean, is that what what time is that game? Is that a night game? No, it's three thirty. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I gotta. I gotta collect my thoughts on that game. That one is. That one's too. That's too much for me to. I'm still getting over this weekend. I All can't right. even comprehend <laughs> that. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I let's do this. Oklahoma State. It got weird in Lubbock. Um, what did you see from the Cowboys in their first effort back after the loss to TCU? Um. First of all, zero panic on this one. They missed two two chip shot field goals. They had a, a freaky pick six. They outgained Texas Tech by a ton. They went in there into a crazy atmosphere at nighttime in Lubbock and won. And look, I'm all right with the survival here. They, they just they just lost a tough game against TCU. This team is still as scary an offensive team as there is in college football, and and I, I think you get out of there with a win and you feel good. Now, that said, man, I was kind of rooting for Texas Tech. I think it's I, I think it would be fun to see Cl- a Cliff Kingsbury team get good and just and really be a factor in the Big Twelve. And not that this is the year that happens, but you know it looks like potentially they could be a team that knocks off a they could beat an OU. They could maybe beat a TCU. They could you know so they could they could they could at least survive this year keep cliff pinkings very round and maybe you know maybe get on a little bit of a run and a part of me kind of wanted to see that over the weekend but uh at the very least you know i think this was a uh you know a good showing by oklahoma state just to get get out of there with a w um the now we get to see the like the rest of the big 12 this is this is where you start to look at Oklahoma and you start to be like, mm, all right. When like they, they were able to escape against Baylor. Like, do you think that the Sooners are going to get tripped up before they play Oklahoma state? You first. Yes. I'm still throwing all my chips on uh, red river loss to Tom Herman. Big game. Yeah. Big game. Tom Herman. He's going to have him ready. Yeah. So we got Texas. We got, uh, Iowa State, that's going to be a – they're going to run through that one. Kansas State, Texas Tech, and then Oklahoma State. I mean, first of all – By the way, props just, to Texas for not falling to, in the Iowa State trap that we called for months. Yeah, that was – That was such a sleepy game. <laughs> we called game. that one a year out. But, <laughs> hey, like if, if Iowa State had just shown a little bit of offense, man, they that's, that's what's impressive about Texas right now is how good is that defense. They're great. Yeah, they're rolling. Um yeah, the the must beleaguer Malik Jefferson looks like the absolute truth right now. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I'm sort of siding with you. I think that Oklahoma is going to trip up somewhere along the way. Um, I still think, and look, hanging out there over in in Virgi- West Virginia, um, Will Greer and company are going to beat some teams too. And I still think the Big Twelve has got a bunch of wildness left to play out. There's a bunch of teams that are going to beat each other. West Virginia is going to beat one of the top three. 
Uh, TCU's already beat Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's going to beat Oklahoma or or West Virginia. Uh, I mean, Texas is going to knock off somebody or, or two. It, it, there, there is there's some nonsense about to take place in the Big 12. <laughs> um, let's see. Bryce Love runs for 301 against Arizona State. Goodness gracious. Uh, that guy's fun to watch now. Yeah, he's real fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, if you haven't stayed up late to watch a Stanford game recently, man, put that on your DVR. The problem with this game against Arizona State, uh, a 10-point win, by the way, for the Cardinal, it was during the day. It was yeah. it, it flew way below the radar on the Pac-12 network in yep. like the noon thirty local time kick. I know, caught me off guard there. Yeah, um, I had to steal a couple of just flipovers to that one. But he is he is he's awesome, and that offensive line is awesome. And I think with KJ Costello in there at quarterback now, I think Stanford Stanford's good. Stanford's going to end up ten to two or something. Like they're going to end up playing in a bowl game and blowing someone out again they're gonna be okay i, I think the stanford team their, their defense is just there's something off defensively there but as i mean as long as bryce love stays healthy they're gonna continue to block the hell out of people and i think kj costello gives them playmaking ability to the quarterback position that they lacked so they're i mean watch out for stanford now they're gonna i think they're gonna be okay by the end of the year friday night November tenth, yeah. Washington. Yeah, coming to the farm. Yeah, man, that's going to be a scary spot. Now, I don't think the farm has ever been necessarily like the most hostile environment, but it's still a a weeknight game's a weeknight game. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. A- <laughs> um, anything, anything else stand out? Uh, any notes that you want to clear out from the notepad for uh, before we get out of here from week five? Did you see Saquon Barkley's um, one-handed swing pass catch and, and like, 40-yard run? Yes. I put together uh, the kickoff return, the touchdown pass, and the touchdown reception as, like, uh, it statistically – I think I made this argument in one of the random things we had to put up during the content generation grind of Saturday. But uh, statistically, his performance against Indiana – was not anything that is going to be anything more. Like, it wasn't great. Like, it wasn't the 200 yards he ran for against Iowa. But because he had those ridiculous plays, it's just only building his Heisman campaign. Oh, yeah. He's an, he's an alien. Yeah. He is from a different planet. He the, the way he accelerated on that one play where he caught the swing pass one-handed, made Tigre Scales miss. An and NFL just, linebacker in Tigre Scales. Yeah, yeah. And just went from... Stand still to sixty miles per hour. That was that was just freakish. So he's unbelievable. I I don't know if he'll end up winning the Heisman. He probably will, but even if he doesn't, he is. I, I'm on board with him being the best football player in America. Um, Wisconsin. Uh, I thought it was sloppy. <laughs> oh. Here's what I had like for Wisconsin, my little note. Like of all the anonymous Wisconsin teams that have been really good, th- this one may be like the most anonymous. And it's going to go 12-0 and 0 and yeah. get to the Big Ten championship game undefeated, ranked number four in the college football playoff. The amount of college football fans outside of Madison that can name three players on Wisconsin <laughs> is probably like at a at – two percent like one one percent like there it's it's but hey they still got any watts left they got some watts uh, exactly they're they're out they're out of watts and so like no 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 one's got anything i mean they got a good freshman running back out of the taylor he's he's showing up alex hornibrook is is you know he's kind of a he's got a little jake browning in him um but he's he is he's been efficient and making some plays um you know, I, I just, but it's not, I don't know, man. Like no, I, I Noted Italian uh, Tom Fernelli would, of course, point out Troy Fumagalli. Yeah, who was who got a little injured. I guess he, he got knocked out of that one, I think, at, at some point during the game. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. Wisconsin is probably going to win the Big Ten West. Yeah, for go sure. 100%. Undefeated. <laughs> um, and, Losing and the Big Ten championship, the, championship game. championship game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, man, Paul, I... I Paul Chris has got to be one of the best college football coaches in America. And how about um, 
our boy uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name now the their D coordinator Jim Leonard Jim Leonard um, Jim Leonard putting together some pretty impressive defenses in his second year ever coaching football mm. um, after uh, an NFL career so and losing a couple linebackers yep and he's got a couple injuries to deal with so they're just Wisconsin's just like this weird like otherworldly program where it doesn't matter who that coach is doesn't matter who the D coordinator is they just they just do what they do and uh i mean think about that i mean they've gone uh what brett bielema gary anderson paul christ they've gone justin wilcox dc dave aranda dc jim leonard doesn't matter they just look the same there's always the same team well it's uh it's probably got something to do with that head coach that was there before all of them i know he's still i know hey got a second It's not bad, though. Keep yeah. winning. Keep them dummies yeah. coming. Um, awesome. All right. Well, he is Barton Simmons. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Make sure that you subscribe to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. This one, of course, will be uh, arriving on Sunday evening. So if, uh, if if you're a subscriber, it's right there for you in the, in the morning. And uh, rate us. And rate, rate us. And rate and share. Rate, those are the, those share. are the other things you have to do in order for us to get uh, get some buzz. Yeah. Wait. I'm sorry. Did you say buzz? Can't buzz. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Martin. Camp, camp, Later. buzz. Camp, camp, buzz. Camp, camp, buzz. Talking about players that are buzzing.